Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Goes right along with what we're doing. If you would open up your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, today we're simply going to talk about the spirit of excellence. Maybe I could entitle this sermon today, First Things First. I might steal that line. Let's go ahead and read Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. How many of us know God's got some plans for us, amen? But we have to do it his way. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for your spirit that we fill in this house. Illuminate our hearts with your word this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says... Amen. You may be seated. High five your neighbors. Shake their hand. Let them know that you are glad they are in the house this morning. Guest, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I don't know. I could have probably worshipped a little bit longer. How about you guys? We don't mind preaching around here. We still believe in it, man. Today, what's on my heart is simply this, the spirit of excellence. That Daniel was distinguished and different because he had something inside of him that said, listen, I'm willing to go the extra mile. I'm willing to do some stuff that makes me uncomfortable because I know that I need to have integrity and honor. David, uh, excuse me, Daniel had something that, that we should all strive for that happens in, in the, really in the believer's life this place of excellence, that I don't want to just get the job done. I want to go above and beyond. I don't want to just do the job. I want to do it with integrity. I want to do it with honor. I want to do it in a way that not only pleases man the best that I can, but ultimately I know that God is my employer. Amen. And God watches over me and I want to do it in a way that honors Christ above all. And Daniel had the spirit of excellence inside of him. How many of you guys are perfectionists? Do we have anybody that's just perfectionist? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be proud of it. Be proud of it. Yeah, I saw, I saw that in the first service. Two people raising their spouse's hand and doing this right here. You know? Perfectionist is kind of hard to live with. They don't embrace failure very well. When something just gets off a little bit, they really struggle with it. You know, Michelangelo was one of the greatest perfectionists of all. Of course, during the Renaissance, had all kinds of di- his hand and different things. A great artist, a great painter, a great sculptor. Um, you know, known for things like the Madonna, the Sistine Chapel. I mean, there's a lot of things that he did. And uh, he was unique in the way that he approached what he was going to do. He would many times seclude himself, so he, he wouldn't want to be around people. He'd be in a place that nobody was at. He'd work many times at night. He would work with candles attached to his hat as he was chipping away at the stone or doing whatever he was doing, and he didn't like people stopping by. He was just a perfectionist. He wanted to be honed in and focused. He didn't want to make mistakes, and it's a unique story that we have with his life. Now, I'm not condoning his whole lifestyle for sure. Um, I don't know that much about him. I do know that he was a genius when it came to work of art. So one of his greatest work of art, our greatest work of arts, was the sculptor of David. Now it's going to be behind me here, and if you've ever seen the the um, the statue of David, you know why I don't show the whole thing. It would. <laughs> It's, it's artwork where some people couldn't handle it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay, a bunch of you dudes are Googling it right now. What is he talking about? Oh, guys, okay, oh. Oh, boy. Anyways, we can go a long ways with that, but I'll get back on track here. But it was amazing, his artwork. And actually, that statue was formed out of, a, out of one piece of marble. And the statue, um, the sculpture stands 17 feet high and many, many tons. 
And it's amazing once you see the integral detail that he took, and it took him about three years. It was really one of his first masterpieces, if not the first one. He was 29 years old whenever he completed it. And it, he, he had an amazing knack. He could look at a piece of marble or look at a wall and, and see what it could be. He, he would begin to chisel on it and begin to see the, the image emerge out of it. And he just was unique and gifted at that. In fact, this piece of marble that, that David was actually sculpted out was rejected by two other sculptors. They went out and they tried it and didn't like it. And the next one came along and maybe kind of hammered out some legs somewhere, kind of gave up on it and abandoned the project. They decided the marble wasn't what it needed to be or the project was going to be too hard. And it set out in the rain and the sun and the wind for 40 years. Finally, till Michelangelo came by and looked at it and said, you know what, I can turn that into something that will be great. Isn't it amazing? what people can do. But let me tell you, it's a lot more amazing what our Lord and Savior can do. Because He can come by our lives when nobody else sees anything, God can see something. When nobody sees anything but a blank piece like that marble stone, just flat, He can see an image that can begin to emerge from that. He can see that kind of life. I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people walk by the statue every year and just are amazed at what Michelangelo did. Oh, that we would have enough faith in our Lord and Savior and trust Him enough that our life could look so different 20, 30 years from now that people just stand back and look and say, look what the Lord has done in their life. I know you felt that way. Rejected, frustrated. Maybe people didn't even mean to reject you. It's just what you had they didn't need at that time. Or maybe what you had is not what they needed at all and we feel rejected. Maybe for some of us, we even have the chisel marks of life on us. Some broken dreams. God, I thought that was going to happen and something happened and now I've moved on from that. So how do I go back? Is that still salvageable? Maybe some things in our life where we've made some failures and some mistakes. And God, can you really pick up the pieces and turn this thing into anything? And I want you guys to know that he can. Amen. The key for Daniel was simply this, that he had a spirit of excellence in him. He had a spirit of excellence that people could tell. That was like, listen, I don't know what everybody thinks about me, and that is not as important as what my Lord and Savior thinks about me. Integrity, that way that as same as I am in the dark, I will be in the light. If you come and knock on my house at 3 a.m., I'm going to be the same person that you find at 3 p.m. when everybody sees me. Integrity. He had something that distinguished him, that brought him above but he had that spirit of excellence, and this spirit of excellence is so important because I really believe that you're going to find God where you find excellence. Now, not excellence in the world, but excellence in the church, excellence in the kingdom of God. And if you will continue that excellent life, and we're going to define that here in a second, then you, 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 you write an invitation to our Lord and Savior, if you will, saying, listen, come into my life, change me, sculpt me, make you. Because how many of us know there's some things that we could all have chipped off of our life to become more in the image of our Lord and Savior? Don't give up because he's making a masterpiece. Yeah. But you got to hang in there. Because getting stuff chiseled off of you is not very much fun at all. About I don't know, two years ago, I had some things on my face that I was concerned about. And I went to my doctor. And they took, and, and Dr. Jeff took what looked like a funnel and turned that dude upside down. And then he took this little can of something that froze that stuff on my face. 
You know, it looked like he was having a great time. He goes, oh, I'll just come back next year. We'll get the next crop off, Matt. It'll be all right. <laughs> you know, stuff burned, hurt. Well, spiritually, it can be that same way, too. We go into God and say, hey, you're still working on me. There's something else that you need to take off here. Maybe it's attached itself to your life, and what you have to do is you have to say, God, your will not mine. But it takes that spirit of excellence, that spirit of integrity that we all can have. And here, Daniel helps us understand that. Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, here's a great definition. We use the Bible to the interpret the Bible. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could, not find, they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. We're not talking about a perfect guy. We're not talking about somebody who is a walking Jesus Christ. That's not what Daniel was. Never claimed to be. He, he, I'm sure if he stood here in front of us today, he would say, absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about somebody who said, listen, this is God's standards. This is God's desire. This is what God has told me to do. And come hell or high water, I'm going to follow those. It doesn't matter about men's opinion. It doesn't matter what people give me. It doesn't matter if there's a promotion or not a promotion. What I'm going to do is keep my family... Uh, I keep my feet firmly planted where God has told me to stay, and I'm going to do it with all my heart and all my life. I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to have honor. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bend my standards so I can maybe get a little bit higher in life, maybe get something that I didn't have before. Well, there's a lot of people in government offices that could maybe stand to hear that, maybe some of us, huh? I love you, Pastor Matt. <laughs> it's true, it's tough. And we all fall in that category. We can't point fingers because he's still working on me. Amen. But Daniel was in this place where he had this spirit of excellence where he said, listen, integrity and honor is what I want, Lord. So here I submit myself to your will and your way. I'm in Babylonian captivity. I'm in a place that I don't want to be around people that I don't agree with, probably in charge of things that I didn't really like. If you go back and read the, the first five chapters and you see all this stuff, but yet he still had integrity. Even going back to chapter one, as he was selected as a youth, there was things that he would not eat and there was things that he would not drink and there was places that he would not go because he was committed to God. I have a standard. There's this excellence inside of me. Fast forward and you see that he wasn't afraid to go pray. He would pray three times a day and he didn't care who liked it or who didn't. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine walking up to your employer and saying, hey, I've got to go pray, I'll be right back. Three times a day and they let him do it. Shows you how powerful it is when you take a stance for God, amen? God will begin to bless things. But he had the spirit of excellence about him that I'm going to do my job and do it well. Homeboy didn't show up late for work. He didn't miss days. You know what I mean? He was there. He was consistent. He was productive. He had this spirit of excellence about him that says, listen, I might not be where I want to be. I might not be in the land that I want to be in. I might not be around people that I want to be around. But none of those are excuses that I could justify for not doing my best for my Lord and Savior. I'm still going to do it and do it right. The spirit of excellence. And every one of us have that same decision to make. That same deal saying, listen, I'm not perfect, but God, you set standards in my life, and I want to do them. Here's the thought. To achieve excellence in the world does not take Christ, but to achieve a life that is pleasing to Christ, that will take excellence. See, the world can throw all kinds of things at you and say, listen, you're excellent. Man, you've arrived in your career 
You, you have money in the bank. You have all the things that the world looks at and says, man, you're excellent. You give to humanitarian efforts and all these things. All while the other half of your life is dishonorable to the living God. But in the kingdom of God, that's not how it happens. You may not have any of those things, but you might have a life of excellence as you stand before your Lord and Savior. Amen. And that's very true. So it takes this excellence to please God. Here's another thought. To have an excellent spirit is not to have just excellent moments in life, but a lifestyle of excellent moments. It's not just a one-time deal. If you look back over Daniel's life, he didn't just have one or two moments. I mean, from the time that he was selected as a teenager, he refused things. He wouldn't go to things. He would stand up. He would interpret dreams. There is one time, I believe, in chapter 4 where he stands before a king, and he interprets a dream, and they say, listen, we're going to give you all this stuff. And he said, listen, you can keep your gifts. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I stand in the name of our Lord and Savior. I mean, that's a powerful thing. Didn't take those things on itself and say, you know what? This will really raise me up. This will really bring prestige to my life. Man, people from the outside will really look into my life and say, wow, he has really arrived. He didn't care about any of that stuff. Instead, what he cared about was one opinion. He had an audience of one, and that was God. And God, as long as I do things right in your eyes, that would be good enough for me. And as we read chapter 6, we see some things that are very important. And there's really only one thing I want to bring out today that as you pursue this spirit of excellence that I want to show you a trap that the enemy has for you. And then we're going to talk briefly about some great things that pursuing a spirit of excellence opens up into our life. But there's one thing, especially in our culture and our world today. It's this understanding of separation. As you read chapter 6 and you see Daniel's life, you see it as a life, really the whole book, but you see his life as a life of separation. That he got further and further and further from the Lord. And people didn't know how to handle that. It was funny because in tough times they would go to him. But when times weren't so tough, that separation began to show itself. And in mine and your life, the more we chase after the excellent spirit, the one that God has for us, the one that we can receive, and the one that we can, can gain through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one that we can go after and say, God, I want to implement these things in my life, that spirit that we can have will separate us further and further from the world. But it appears to be loneliness. It's a lonely journey at times. When you're really wanting to push in and say, God, I'm really willing to go to the next level here. You've got some more revelation for me. You've got another position for me that your name might be known to even more people. God, help me get to that place. It's difficult and it'll look like loneliness and you need to be prepared for this. And we're going to look over Daniel's life here. And we're going to see some things that's very intriguing to me. Because the enemy knows how to camouflage things. Chapter 6 of Ephesians verse 11, it talks about the wiles of the enemy. Another word for that would just be methodology. That he has methods of attacking us and going after us. So we do what we can to defend ourselves against him. And this spirit of excellence is a great way because we invite our Lord and Savior to come into our life and say, God, I know we're the excellent in your kingdom you are there so God here's my invitation come into my life and help me change this situation but you want to be ready because it doesn't mean God's going to pluck you out of the situation it just means he will be there through the situation amen verse 6 this is how many people came against him verse 6 all the high officials the prefects the satraps the counselors the governors just a little while ago they were all on the same team <laughs> And then all of a sudden, we slip down to verse 5, and we see that they had had enough of Daniel. So they came all together and said, we've got to trap this dude. Right. 
And now we can't get to him because of his moral compass. That's where it needs to be. He's committed and faithful to his God. So what we're going to have to do is find out where we can take culture and cross it over and make him choose his God over culture. Sounds familiar. And that's where we'll get him. So they go before the king. Oh, King Darius, live forever. I don't sing as good as you guys. My daughter actually told me, do not do that anymore, Dad. I just get, I get caught up in the moment. Hey, when you see people who are really good at what they do, it just makes you feel like you can do it. And then you start doing it, and you're like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> Okay, anyways, anyways. So <laughs> live forever. He goes on, he goes, live forever, King Darius, and all this other stuff. And I know that was common terminology, but they start with this flatter, flattering. They say, let's make this decree, and nobody can bow down to anybody for the next 30 days but you. No God, no nothing like that. And Darius is like, great, let's do that. It says in Scripture that Daniel heard, and when he knew the decree was signed, he went back to his house to the top floor, bowed down, and prayed three times because he could care less what they signed and what they didn't sign. But all these men came, came against him. All of a sudden, they were his friends. They were his co-workers. Now, all of a sudden, they're against him. Be ready for this because it'll look like loneliness. It'll look like you're all by yourself, but don't take that in the wrong way. In some ways, when everybody begins to circle those wagons, take it as a compliment. And this is the reason why whenever they begin to circumvent you and they go to the next level, because that means that you towed the line, man. You were doing what was excellent inside of God and they couldn't get you to budge. So they'll go to somebody that they can say some flattering things and all of a sudden get you in a bind. That's what they did. But it made Daniel, no doubt, and through Scripture we can see that Loneliness, all by itself. Verse 11, the men made an arrangement. So they intentionally went by his house. Now, how many of you guys have seen the meme Beetlejuice, right? You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you say younger guys might know it. Some of you guys are like, I don't know. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Remember this? What you doing here? Who, me? Just hanging around. Okay, I'm by myself on this one. Okay. <laughs> Much funnier in my office this morning when I was doing it to myself. Much funnier, much funnier. I imagine these guys walking by at the time that they knew Daniel was praying and they're making eye contact with each other. And then Daniel posing that question. What you guys doing here? I'm praying. Oh, you know, just hanging around. And they could not wait to leave and go back and tell the king, hey, guess what? Somebody else is bound us. And, you, and this is where, and, and the loneliness goes further. So now he's got the whole team against him, if you will. If you go down to verse 13, then he begin, they go back to, the, to Darius, the king, and they say, and one of the exiles from Judah. Now, they've used this terminology before, but now they even, even begin to labeling deeper. Say, hey, it was one of those exiles from Judah. Hey, they're not like us, man. You've got to be prepared. You know, you know, King Darius, you, you know, we're tight. I mean, we're from Babylon. I mean, we know what's going on. I mean, we're not afraid to do what we need to do to get what we need to get. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's personalize it. You have a job. Two or three people up for promotions. Are you going to bend your standards to get that promotion? Are you going to be willing to take people to places that you would not go otherwise? Are you willing to use language that you would not use otherwise in order to press somebody? Are you going to laugh at somebody's jokes that you normally would not laugh at in order to put yourself in a position? Because they said, listen, this, this dude's in exile from Judah. I mean, this dude does not do what we do. That's the separation. 
And you need to be ready for that because as you have the spirit of excellence on your life, it will be that challenging at times. Here's the promotion. Here's the opportunity. What are you willing to negotiate to get what you think you need to get? Or say, God, it's all in your timing regardless of how I feel. Still gets lonelier. We move on. Verse 16. Sure enough, he won't, he won't stop praying. He gets thrown in the lion's den, the famous picture that we know that he's in the lion's den. And this is what it says. It says, may your God, now this is King Darius talking to Daniel. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. I was thinking about this today, how, how much that hits home. May your God deliver you that you continually serve. Have you ever been in a position where the only person that can rescue you is God? Money, education, people, if that could happen, that would already happen. It can't. Now I'm in a situation, and this is the thing. God, I've been serving you like I thought I needed to serve you with excellence, and now I'm in a position that, God, unless you rescue me, there is no hope for me. That's right. And people let you know. Oh, God told you. Hey, let's take our situation. 22 years ago, oh, God told you to build a church out in the middle of cow pasture? We'll see. Oh. Oh, God, God told you to start a Christian school? We'll see. In, in, in personal, we all know that. God told you to do something, to launch a new business, to do something. We'll see. I mean, it's your God. It's your religion. I mean, because when things get dicey, things get difficult all of a sudden. It's your God. <laughs> now, when it's helping me, it's my God. And those are the things of the world. And these are the tactics of the enemy. And then it still gets worse. So he can't be any lonelier now. He's in the den. And what happens? Verse 17. And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. Have you ever been in that spot where you think, God, I don't know. Can this get any worse? Unfortunately, if you're a Christian and you're serving Jesus Christ, yes, it can. Now, not only do you not see the sunlight, now you're trapped in a den with the lions in the dark that mean to tear you apart. Right. Have you ever been faced with something seems like the Lord told you to do, but it feels like it's going to eat you alive? You feel the breath off of it. You see the teeth that want to devour you, and you're thinking, God, I don't know if I can make it through this or not. God, I had the spirit of excellence that you told me, and, and now I'm here. Don't be fooled. It's just Satan coming against you because you're about to be in a spot that is going to be amazing. God's about to promote you and do some amazing things in your life. Because you were excellent in the small things, now be ready to be excellent in the greater things. See, this is the amazing thing that happens, that, that, that is amazing whenever you operate in the spirit of excellence. One of the amazing things that happen is you have people that's on your side and you don't even know it. People are praying for you and you don't even know it. <laughs> Daniel gets, get, gets caught up in this situation not to his making and it is amazing what Scripture says about King Darius that he toiled until the sun went down to try to free him. And then he rejected food and he couldn't sleep and he came out running the next morning. Let me tell you something. As you pursue this spirit of excellence in your life and the things that God has called you to and you feel like, is there anybody else that cares? Let me encourage you. There is somebody praying for you. There is somebody believing for you. There is something that God is doing that will move on your behalf. But because you're in the situation, you can't really see it. It's hard to see Darius in the bedroom when I'm stuck in a, in a den of lions. But it doesn't mean that he's not doing it. 
God is getting ready to move on your behalf. You continue to walk in a spirit of excellence. This is another thing. God will save you from some things that you don't even know about. Verse 22, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. Thank God what he brings us to, but thank God for what he saves us from. I thank God that he brings us from grace upon grace and glory to glory in these things. But thank God for everything that I can say, God, you're good. See, I didn't see you moving on my behalf, and there was something that you saved me from that I may never know till I get to heaven. But God, I'm going to believe you're good, and you're on my side, and you're for us and not against us. So thank you for what you save us from that we'll never know. Acts chapter 9, Paul gets saved on the road to Damascus. He was headed there, no doubt, to pull Christians out of their homes. Conversion happens in his life, and he gets saved. The praise report from Damascus, no doubt, was thank God God saved him before he got here to this town. <laughs> People in that town never knew what God had saved them from, probably. You and I have the same thing. When we operate in that spirit of excellence, God has moved on our behalf, and we'll never know what he's doing. And this is the third thing. The third thing, don't fall for the loneliness. Don't fall like you're the only one, because God will have the last word. When we operate in the excellence and we know that God is found there in his kingdom, then God will have the last word. But if we go out and start opening up our mouth, start shouting and yelling and making our own way and kicking down doors and doing all this crazy stuff, man, then we're going to reap that. But if we say, God, you're sovereign. I don't like the lion's den, but I'm here. I don't like that it seems like everybody's against me, but I'm here. God, I really want to give some people a piece of my mind. But I won't. God, I, I really want to pray a prayer right now that I know is not holy. Have you ever prayed one of those and had to repent? And God, I didn't really mean, I didn't really want you to do that person, do that, you know, don't strike them down from heaven. They just made a mistake, you know. But in the place we see Daniel letting God have the last word. God, I'm going to stay in the spirit of excellence, have integrity and honor, and I'm going to let you have the last word. When I was first studying this, I, I thought God had the last word, man. All those people, and, and they use this word to describe the people who came up against Daniel, the malicious spirit, the ones with the malicious spirit. It, it says in Scripture that they took them, their wives, and their children and lowered them down to the lines and threw them in, and before they could even hit the floor, they were torn to pieces. I was thinking, way to go, God. You got them, dude. <laughs> you know, they want to set a trap, go for it. But there was something bigger at play. Because remember, he was in exile trapped in Babylon. If you will, a heathen country. People who didn't bow their knee to our Lord and our God. If you jump down to verse 26, you see something incredible. Darius makes this decree. I make a decree that in all the royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall never be to the end. 27, he delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel 
from the power of the lions. Because of the witness of Daniel, because he chose the spirit of excellence. How many hundreds of thousands of people knew about his God now? Michelangelo took that marble and made it into something that people walk by. and they, that, All they can do is admire it. And say, man, that's beautiful. I don't know if, if anybody else could do what he did. But Daniel was in a position, and you and I are in the same position because we pursue the spirit of excellence that whenever God is working on us, that people can walk by and they don't just have to admire it, but rather it gives them hope that if God did it for you, see, he can do it for me. And Satan doesn't have the last word. God has the last word. But people know that he's a living God, that his love endures forever. But we also know that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your position, on your situation. You didn't get the promotion this time because you were walking the line. Congratulations. You didn't get into the relationship that you wanted to because you were doing some things right. Congratulations. Feel like you're still trapped down in the lion's den because you're doing some things right and keeping that spirit of excellence. Congratulations. Because you're being a witness and a testimony to people that you have no idea. And greater than them knowing your name and knowing your success, they'll get to know Jesus Christ and everything that he is. Because he has the last word. Verse 28. So then Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel, you're going you're gonna to walk in excellence when it's not easy. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to set you up with this kingdom, but when the next guy comes, I'm going to go ahead and set you up and let you continue to walk in excellence. He hasn't forgot about you. Seems like some things are lost. Don't think they're lost because God won't forget. But what he's taking you through is not as great as what he wants to take you to. So we continue in the spirit of excellence. Would you guys stand up with me all around the building? We're going to do something a little different this morning. Uh, just bow your heads for a half minute when your seat's there. If you would say, Matt, I've been in some compromising situations as a believer. And I don't know if I've really succeeded Sometimes I've failed, and that's where I'm kind of sitting right now. We want to pray for you this morning. We want you to know that we're for you, not against you. Maybe you're in that situation where you feel like, I'm doing what God's called me to do, and it just seems like the odds are stacked against me. And I just need some encouragement. If that's you, would you be so brave with your head bowed? Just to raise your hand real quick. Ready? One, two, three. Boom, that's me. Pastor Matt, that's me, all over. There's hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? This is between you and God right now. Because we're going to pray for you. But with your heads bowed, there's something else that we have to ask. Because you cannot chase the spirit of excellence unless you begin with it. And that only begins in Jesus Christ. And that only begins by you submitting your life to Him. And saying, you are my Lord and Savior. So that's what I'm going to choose to do. And we want to offer you that opportunity this morning. It's really you coming to that point 
saying, God, I need you in my life. Be my Lord and Savior. And then you begin to change. And we want to talk to you about that. But for the brothers and sisters and the believers, we also get caught up in those situations where we say, God, help me not to bend my standards. Now, God saw every hand that went up. And we want to let you know that we believe in you. So we're going to take a moment in prayer from our seats with our heads bowed. Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness. And you saw the hands that went up and you see their situation. You see the difficulty that they're in. God, help us all not to fall to the trap of the enemy. We're not alone. There are people who care for us and love us. We have your spirit to guide and direct us. But unfortunately, we have to go through moments like this because of what you're getting ready to do in our lives. So for my brothers and sisters that are in the building, I pray that you would empower them. Empower them to keep the spirit of excellence in their relationship, in their job, in their family life. That they won't bend standards to get more accolades or to get things that only the world can give them. But they surrender themselves to you and realize that what you have is greater than what the world can give. So in those moments they feel overwhelmed, empower them through the Holy Spirit we pray. And for the ones who are in their seats contemplating, giving their heart to you, that I pray that they would not contemplate it anymore, that they would surrender their life to you. Father, for this moment that we feel your spirit, we say thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We love you so very much. Thank you for what you've accomplished this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. As you guys look up this way, we want to let you know that we're going to be around the altars. If you guys want to come up and pray, we'll be here for special prayer. But we want you to know that we love and we care about you. Keep walking in that spirit of excellence. Don't let down your guard because what God has for you is greater than what you can imagine. Amen. Can you receive that? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.